Hi guys, welcome to Metamorpho with Deshawa and this is actually the very first episode like oops hey oh shit <laughs> I actually have three awesome women with me and they're going to be speaking on the topic navigating through dark seasons I'm hoping that you listen to the end and I'm hoping that you are truly immensely blessed um so the next voices you'll be hearing will probably be mine and theirs <laughs> so listen to the end listen to the end listen to the end okay bye they will introduce themselves soon but i just want us to be able to talk about this topic in a way that people would be able to relate with and because i know that um sometimes when you're going through this season it almost seems as if like it's just peculiar to you or it's it's only you that's going through that kind of pain or that kind of struggle i'm hoping that you'd be able to connect with something that each of them would have to say today and i also want you to realize that um when you go through this season it is perfectly normal like it's in the bible as well i think ecclesiastes i always have a problem pronouncing that chapter by the way that part of the bible but um three verse one and i think it says that there's a time and purpose for everything under heaven like there's a time to sow a time to reap a time to cry a time to laugh you know all of those stuff so it's normal like for you to go through that season but how you go through the season is um what actually determines your outcome i have um i um being particular here i have tony olatunji here and i have wemi moadebuali here so i'll let me see who do i want to speak first all right so tim tony introduce yourself then bima then wem all right hi everyone uh it's nice to be here I'm Ulua Tony. Uh, I'm a medical doctor um, who isn't really a medical doctor anymore. I'm a creative writer, editor, blogger. I'm actually a lot of things. And um, I'm in what I would call a um, career break right now because I'm trying to really redirect like my passions and energies in the right direction for my life. But yeah, I think that suffices as an introduction. And it's great to be here, Deshawa. Nice to have you, Tony. Uh, my name is Adebinkbe Akito. Well, I'm an um, experienced CSR and brands manager. And when I say CSR, like I plan all corporate social responsibility activities for the company I work with. Um, okay. I've been doing that for close to like seven years now. I'm also a brand specialist. Um, yeah, and I'm also married, and I have a lovely daughter. All right, welcome, 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 Wems. Wemimo. Hola. Okay, so I'm Wems. Um, I'm a strategy analyst, come um, petroleum engineer, and basically I'm on an involuntary career break, like Tony said. So I basically just moved and I'm just trying to find my way and, you know, reroute my energies towards what I really want to do in terms of finding my life passion and all of that. So yeah, I'm excited to be here and I hope this conversation is interesting and brings out, you know, what we expect. All right. Thank you, guys. Okay, so let's just dive right in because um, my target is like 30 minutes. 
All right. So the first question would be if you've even ever gone through a dark season. Have you actually gone through a dark season before? Something that you can actually say that, oh, I remember this season. Or are you particularly going through a season right now that you feel like is a low season or is a dark season for you at the moment? Let me start with um, Tony. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have. I mean, I've had one very memorable dark season in the past and then I sort of I'm still going through or let's say coming out of one that started last year um so yeah mm-hmm. definitely can identify with a dark season okay and that uh, was it something that you you immediately like knew that you were going through it or like you just caught yourself on awareness that oh my gosh I'm going through the season, or was it something that you could tell from the very beginning that okay I'm getting into a season here? Oh well, uh, no, not really. I didn't. I didn't really identify what was going on. I had a sense mm-hmm. that um, it was going to be a different year at the beginning of last year, but I didn't know how far into a dark place I would fall. Actually, and it took a while indeed to realize that oh my god um something really crazy is happening here so it wasn't mm-hmm. something i would say i was fully prepared for okay when uh i mean uh, like you said we've all been through dark seasons i think as a particular one that well it started and i'm still going through and is asking for grace per time basically so to deal with it okay yeah. i just feel like um I don't want to say everybody encounter life events, really. But I just mm-hmm. feel like, okay, personally, I, I don't want to say like I live in dark events, but yeah. I have, um, I've been given a fight that uh, I didn't ask for, but okay. it's, it's, it pops up every, every time in my life. So there are some stages or there are some times whereby it's darker than I like it gets darker at times and at times it's just like a norm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think we, we, we I've, I've been through the pains, I've been through the dark seasons and it's a continuous process. At times you get better, at times you are really in it. But I feel like since I became a, mo- a mother, right? Yeah. It, the darker seasons became like reality when you know you have a child and you have somebody who's looking up to you, you know? So yeah, well, is it well? Like when we said, like we are in it, we are moving past it. We are, we we keep asking for grace from God, really, yeah. to be able to just like pass through each stage as it comes. So basically, yeah. yeah. Okay, and um, I know that um, some of us might not be very comfortable maybe talking about the specific things, but I also feel like it might be relatable to people. So if you mm-hmm. want to maybe like share specific, like you want to put a name on it, it's fine for you to put a name mm-hmm. on it, like put a name on what you're talking about so that who knows, there might be somebody out there with in the exact same thing that you're going through and the person will be able to relate more. So it's fine. I'm just letting you guys know that it's fine for you to put a name on whatever it is that we're talking about. All right. So um, the next question I have would be, um, how did those uh, um, seasons make you feel? Like, well, maybe um, Tony is still going through it, or how does it make you feel right now? Or how did it make you feel when you were going through it? When we more, maybe we'll start with you. Um, so huh, this one is deep. So when you first, well, when I first, when you first started, I felt like I was entering into a place. I think sometimes, right, your mm-hmm. mind sort of knows these things. It's like how they say you are praying for the best, but you're expecting the worst. 
And um, this scenario here is, I mean, just like you said, if you would render any help to somebody was when I, when I first found out, you know, or I, I sensed that my mom may have had cancer, right? And mm-hmm. at this point, like, I felt, I felt really let down. I felt like, like, God, why would you let this happen to me? Like, do you not feel like I've been through a lot in my life already? Like, just for yeah. context here, right? I'm an only child. My dad is late. And I'm just like, this is not what I want to be dealing with in my life. Like, where do I go? Who do I talk to? But I feel like some days, right, I was at my highs and I'm like, okay, you know what, God, you said you'll be the father to the fatherless, so I trust that you'll take control. Other days, I'm mm-hmm. like, Jesus, I'm not seeing you. Like, what's going on, you know? There's a particular yeah. scenario where we went to the hospital and they had given her... so. Instead of them giving her chemo with the right medicine or something, they had done something wrong and they'd given her an overdose of the wrong medicine, right? And that night, mm-hmm. I was scared to death. I'm like, God, like, it's bad enough this has already happened. Like, where were you? You said you'd be there. Where were you when these things were happening, you know? Sometimes right. I feel like a lot of doubt in my heart. Other times I'm like, you know what? I've done the path I can do. God will do the rest, you know? So, Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, um, Wemimo. Um, Bima, do you yeah. want to go take a shot at the question? As since yours, you said it's an ongoing um, one. How does it make you feel when you go through this season? Does it make you question God? What are the emotions you feel? Do you sometimes feel exhausted? You know, How exactly does um, the period make you feel? Okay. Um, okay, so if I'm going to... Okay, so let me put a background um, information to it. Okay, so I was born with um, sickle cell, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like it became like, okay, I have always lived my life in this like positive notion. Like I've yeah. always just been the positive person. Like I really do not mm-hmm. let it weigh me down. I go for mm-hmm. anything I want to do. But obviously there are times whereby when you fall sick, like I remember there was a day in university where I just went for a party. Like, I usually don't go for stuff like that, right? So mm-hmm. I went for a party with friends. Barely five minutes in the party, I was already having crisis. And I was like, what am I supposed to tell? What am I supposed to do that? God, please don't embarrass me in this kind of public place. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, there are just times everybody will be like, oh, God, you can't do this. So who do I call? And the crisis was so much. Like, I was so much in pain. I couldn't get up. So the guy that brought me to the party, my friend, was like, are you okay? And it, obviously, most of my friends, really, except you are, really so close to me. Mm-hmm. Not that I actually have sickle cell. I really don't discuss it. I just don't need those kind of energy. Like, hey, yeah. it's when I'm being pitied. So I don't really even talk about it. So that particular day, I was like, hi, Gafford. So that's the guy's name. Like, he yeah. used to get me to the hospital, like, ASAP. And he was like, I was wrong. My lady, I was like, just get me to the hospital. I'll be fine. I couldn't even discuss it with him because I didn't want him panicking. Eh? So there are times whereby you get this crisis at the most unexpected time, place. And it gets embarrassing, and you're like, God, why, why me? Like, I have, mm-hmm. we have four siblings, I have three siblings. Why am I the only one? What did I do wrong? You know, they're yeah. telling about you fall into that place. Like, I don't have to always go through this. Like, it's a lot. But I think the worst seasons for me came when I had a child, as in when I had my daughter. Mm-hmm. As in, so the fear of what happens to my child when I'm no more here. Like, I felt that after I became a mother, I became. Like, it was as if the devil was always just trying to remind me, like, hey, you know you are sickle cell. You go, you will die anytime. So your child, mm-hmm. 
there are times whereby I'm not even having crisis, but I'm already in that dark season. I'm not sick, mm-hmm. but I just look at my child and be like, what will happen if I'm no more here? Like, who will take care of my child for me? Like, do I deserve... Mm-hmm. So it just put you in that um, kind of spot. Like, mm-hmm. there are just times whereby you just get caught up in, in negative moments, really, that you can't really help due to the the obvious, right? Yeah. But it is what it is, really. I've just grown to just know that as well. There's always a reason for everything. I feel like there's a purpose for why I'm here. Like, mm-hmm. when I talk to my mom, and my mom will tell me, like, she did not marry my dad deliberately knowing that they were both ASAS. And mm-hmm. she doesn't just know how it happened. So that thing always just resonates with me. Like, so it wasn't that they, they, they knew they were both ASAS and they just wanted to test God. So God yeah. must have the reason why I'm here. So I just always mm-hmm. hold on to God's word that I'm a living testimony. Like, I, I'm not going anywhere. So when that thought mm-hmm. just comes, you just try and be like, devil, you're lying. This one day, I'm here to stay. I gave birth to this child. I'm going right. to take care of her. We are going, mm-hmm. to, going to see her through. Like, so, yeah. It's just... Yes. And, and there's something, you know, I noticed that um, between what you and Wemimo said, there's, there's, it brings me to two questions, actually, which is the fact that there are times when we have actually have questions, like those seasons make us question God, one. Mm-hmm. And then two, there's also that part where there's almost like a pressure on you to, like you're a child of God. Like, you know, that time when you said you were in the party, you didn't want to share with people what you mm-hmm. were going through or something like that. There's also that pressure of, I have to, I have to be in charge of this. I can't let people know that I'm going through mm-hmm. this thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm going to come back to those two questions. I'll run through the, um, the first question with Tony, which is like, how do we handle just, just the pressure itself of being a Christian and going through that phase? And it's almost as if you can't talk about it. And also being in that phase where you have questions for God and how you are able to maneuver that. We'll come to that. But Tony, let's just go through the first question with you, which is like, um, how, how did your season or how does your season make you feel and what exactly, what are the emotions that come with it for you? Oh, okay. Uh, so, well, um, first and foremost, one of the things I'm guilty of is feeling like my um, problems are not as big as everybody else's. So why should I even be this down? Um, which is a little bit the way I have felt um, listening to um, Lima and Wems actually. But anyways, uh, I think that for me, it's it's just almost like a sense of abandonment. I think is one of mm-hmm. the most um, one of the most major, like the major feeling I've had through it, and just then a feeling of confusion. Well, for me, uh, I probably need to set a background. It's just that okay. I think I am. No, I think I know. I am thirty-one. Mm-hmm. I'm not in a relationship well, um, at the moment. And mm-hmm. I think because I grew up with this desire for, you know, marriage at an early age, it kind yeah. of did my head in when I was 26, 27, and it wasn't happening. And it was like, oh my God, my worst fears are about to be, you know, confirmed. And then I think that from that point on, I then mm-hmm. began to see other things like, I chose a career and then I wasn't all of a sudden, I wasn't sure that was what I wanted to do with my life. And it just felt like a desert place. Like, okay, so what do I do now? Where do I go from here? And I think that those were the most major feelings I had and just, you know, ask God, like, why does it look like things are not working for me? Why does it look like, and you know, when you grow up and you have multi-talented, everybody expects so much from you. You should be doing well. 
you know, the idea that people have of people that are super talented. Everybody in school knew that I could do so many things well, you know, and then they just expect that you just get out there, get into this high flying thing. And by now you're doing well and all of that. And you're 31 and you're still trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. And you don't have a relation. It just looks like your life is stalling sort mm-hmm. of and then i just asked god like why why didn't i make the right decisions why didn't i know what i wanted to do and not waste time in medical school mm-hmm. um but i think that looking back i can say that i don't think that going to medical school was a waste yeah you know i think that mm-hmm. it, it, it actually it had a purpose and maybe that purpose has now been exhausted in terms of what it needed to do in mm-hmm. me and then I need to proceed and do something else but I mean yes the questions definitely arise like why why would I have so much potential but not be able to figure stuff out and it looks like my life is literally on pause you know so mm-hmm. I think I think that's it for me okay you said something about you know like almost like you facing your greatest fear and that resonated with me because I remember there was a time when I was going through something and it was like God was telling me that, okay, now that you faced your greatest fear, so what next? So I feel like sometimes it's like God literally makes you face it. Like that thing that you have exalted yeah. so high, it's like it makes you face it and realize that. So you see, at the end of the day, you, you are not going to die. Like, do you understand? Like, yeah, your yeah. Life. You didn't, like so it sort of almost brings you to a place where you now realize that, okay, so at the end of the day, it's really not the worst thing that could happen to me i'm still yeah. living i'm still jiggered and you know that yeah. i remember that yeah. time when this thing came to me it hit me so so deep because it made me realize that so there's something about when there's fear and god literally sometimes has to he has to like demolish fear for us first before he can even like do the things that he wants to do in us so he will let you go through it and then when you now go through it and you come out and you yourself be like ah how far now why was i even thinking that this was this deep <laughs> Like it wasn't this deep, yeah. yeah. Like it wasn't this deep after all. Then you know, begin to you are not able to look at things. Will I say logically, or you are not able to look at things the way God wants you to be able to look at it? In I think, True. don't let me drag it, but something like that. <laughs> that so you are able to apply. You are able to. Like I'm now saying. Yeah. Like I'm able to now say what I'm 31 and I've become yeah. a carbon. I'm still not going to marry any yeah. stupid person. <laughs> it takes like a really long time to get there sometimes but the honest truth is that when we get it it's almost as if you have gotten something that the devil cannot you can't play with your mind anymore i'm telling you that uh, yeah. you that you're 31 yeah you, Marie, yeah you that you are you know so it's almost as if god is saving yeah. us from yeah. the level of oppression sort of i feel yeah like it's almost as if like he wants you to don't be under this burden like even if this thing like even if of course, we're not saying that we don't want these things. Like, our heart are not beating for these things. But, like, even if these mm-hmm. things don't happen eventually, like, you won't be oppressed. You can't be oppressed by yeah. that lie. And that's even a good place. That's actually, that's, that's how I put it. That's deliverance on its own. Like, being able to move from that place where you know that. It's just the same way, which actually takes me to what Bima was saying about the sudden fear that came on when, like, after she had a, a baby. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's a form of oppression. It's a form of like, the devil wants you to be in a place where there's this constant fear of, ah, okay now, now that you now have a baby, let's see now. But you know, if you're able to break free from that place, like there's, it's almost like, it's a, it's a victory already won. It's one face, it's already one step. You are one step ahead of the devil. Yeah. Let's go to the next question. I think the next one I was going to ask was how, um, how were you able to navigate the season, which is actually the core 
of day, like when these things, like you might not even have fully navigated through the season, but how are you able to bring yourself back? Or how are you able to save yourself from that place for, or bring yourself out of that place? Wemimo, let me start with you. Hmm. So I, I think when you say bring yourself out of that place, anyway, yeah. I guess you get out of it eventually. But I think what works for me is event when when everything first starts, I'm mm-hmm. one that I try to I try to do everything and anything to get myself out of the situation. So as a mm-hmm. regular human being, I would try A, B, and C to see what would work and how I can find my way out. And sometimes mm-hmm. I realize that I after going through all of these, you know, roadmaps that I've said, okay, it'll probably get me out of this situation when mm-hmm. nothing works, right? Mm-hmm. At that point, I'm just like, you know what, Jesus, on my own, I cannot do this. Right. I'm exhausted. Like, if there's anything left in me, it's gone. Like, I hand it over totally to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, like you said, it's like when you go through your greatest fear and, you know, you're like this thing, I don't ever want it to happen to me. I'm not sure I'll survive it. When it eventually yeah. happens, when you find that there's nothing you can do, see, you'll be calm. Mm. As in, you'll be still yeah. know that God is God. There's nothing you can do. Man. And at that point, I just, I totally hand it over to God. It doesn't mean that, you know, those thoughts will not come. It doesn't mean that the devil will not say, ah, should be here sitting down. You don't think you can do anything, Abby. You have left it to God. You think that, you know, but even at those points, I'm just mm-hmm. like, See, humanly possible, there's nothing I can do. If there's one right. verse of scripture that you know comes to mind, then it's how you know the Bible says in our weaknesses, right? Like mm-hmm. God would, He would be our strength. I'm not mm-hmm. sure I could tell you what for it, but you get mm-hmm. that part. So at that point, I'm just like, see, Jesus, everything I humanly know how to do, I have right. done, but it has not worked. So, like, come through basically. And right. at that point, I just I'm I think it's a such is a is a choice in my head to hand over right to mm-hmm. me to God and regardless of whatever the devil pushes to my mind which he actually pushes I'm yeah like, oh, God, day your day like yeah right. that's it that's so profound like being able to like leave it in the hands of God like, it's mm-hmm. not like it's not it's not it's not the easier <laughs> yeah so exactly <laughs> like being, being able to get to that place where you can say because this thing is staring you in your face like this uh, and it's like it's in front of you where you are and then being able to being able to drop it and be like God I trust you is it's yeah. literally like getting to that place of trust like that yeah. that unshakable belief which is not easy it's not easy. Yeah. Let, let's say it as it is. It's not easy sometimes. And but okay. I that that's very profound. Like being able to get to that place where you know it's beyond yourself and um it's it you can't do anything about it. Especially when you're in situations like like the one you shared where you it's almost as if you don't have a control over it. You know, there are some that you can still it's like you have a control, maybe it's your choice. It's you that got yourself or something. So <laughs> there are some that you can't control. Like this one is not yeah, easy. Let's go and let's go and see a psychologist that's trying to fix it in our yeah. head. You can't continue. We need to see all the psychologists. <laughs> like at some point, mm-hmm. you say, you know what? There's there's nothing you can do. You know, like I, for example, I remember when all this started. There was a time where at least every three weeks, mm-hmm. you know, basically I was going in and out of Ghana. So we had tried everything. Nothing was working. And Friday I closed from work, packed my bags to Ghana. Sunday I'm back. I resume. And at some point, I'm like, Jesus, like, 
we try everything. There's everybody will say, obviously, you know, when you're in this kind of situation, everybody has something that would say, oh, try this, try that. Yeah. I'm like, at the end of the day, nothing is working. Like, there's nothing again I can, we can do. So I'm like, you know what, God, like, I don't want to say if it happens, it happens. I don't know. There's a point where you get to, you're just like, see, God, I'm exhausted. Like, I, I need you to come through. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just it. Yeah. Um, Ima, do you want to um, say anything about like how you go through your own season? What helps you go through those seasons? Uh, I think when Mima said it all, really. Okay, but yeah. personally, I think it's just me just being deliberate, okay. really. Because I just feel like the sickle cell is here. It's not going sure. anywhere. So I just try as much as possible to be deliberate, like being positive minded mm-hmm. when it comes like I think that has worked for me over the years like once I get in that mood or I'm sick and the first few days might be hard like I'm like god why why me why me like you do the crime but later I'll be like okay so if I cry now and I'm <laughs> crying what what what, what is right. it going to solve mm-hmm. really so I've just gotten to realize that when things get yeah. tough it's just only natural for you to just leave it in God's hands, really. Like it's just being deliberate, really, and be like, okay, yes, I'm in pain. Yes, I don't know if tomorrow, because as a sickle cell uh, mm. patient, right, you always have this mental, this thing at the back of your head that you don't even know if tomorrow is mm-hmm. sure, right? So in at every time, whenever you have your crisis, you are just always praying that ah, this might be the last time. Oh God, just so at that point, uh, really, what always happens to me when I'm having my crisis? It's not even about God. At times, it's just about God. I hope I've been able to do your will. Like, mm. I hope I have done what you expect of me mm. at this point. So, there's just always different thoughts that just comes to your head. So, really, I can't really sit down here and be like, this is how I do it. But I'm just always being deliberate about not having anything weigh me down and just, like, ask for mm. God's grace. Like, I just want God's grace to just, like, be constant, like, then be deliberate about, and I try as much as possible to also, like, divert my energy into something else. Like, when I'm sick, right, I just try to do other things that make me happy. Like, maybe watch movies or, distractions work a lot for me, really. So I just try taking my mind off things, because I feel like when I'm, and I I don't like being alone when I'm sick. I just always like to talk to someone, because I feel like when I'm alone, that's very different thoughts start popping yeah. up from different areas okay. and all that. So you know, really, <laughs> I try, you pray. Mm-hmm. Alright, I was going to... So, so really, I... Yeah, I'm listening to you, go mm-hmm. on. Oh, okay. Go on, I was go going on. to say that literally, like, what what both of you, you and what you and Wemmo is literally saying is, like, faith is literally pushing your faith to believe, like, a better tomorrow. Like, even if, like, okay, you know that there's an outcome hovering around but it's like you're you're, you're exercising your faith the truth is mm-hmm. the truth is i'm not going to sit down here and start saying making it look like it is yeah. really really mm-hmm. hard right like it's really really so difficult because you tomorrow is not even promised like you don't even know what is happening in the next like few mm-hmm. minutes or hours like when it comes to sickle cell like one minute you're having this so much crisis like you feel like you are yeah. going to die the next minute, okay, you like so you. It, it is quite difficult, yeah. really. I'm not going to sit down here and say, "Well, yeah, you, I have mm. faith and I know God." 
Like you just never know what is going to happen next. So you, in your head, there are different things playing in your head. Ah, God, my child. Ah, God, I won't see my mom again. Hi, God, is this how we said it? Ah, God, you promised me this. Mm-hmm. Ah, God, this cannot happen. Like, so you just have different things that you are battling with in your head. So you just never know. It is it is really a very hard yeah. situation, right? But I've just always lean on God's word, really. I, I think God, at times when you just lean on God's word and be like, God, you've said this, and you're, you're a living testimony. This is not going to happen. You've asked us to be still. So it is what it is, really. Just being positive-minded, being deliberate and all that. Tony? Really. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I totally get you. I totally get what you're saying. I un- completely understand you like in those difficult times but you know at the end of the day like it's for you to some people like some people cannot even go go to the world like we, we know now we know that they, like some people go through these things and they don't even have the capacity like there's which is actually going to take us to another part where people actually lose their their belief you can go through dark seasons and it would change the culture of yeah, you you will not even be able to pray. Like the last thing you want to be like, God, if you exactly. love me, I will not be in this situation. There are times whereby I, I blame God. Like I cannot be going to church. I cannot be praying daily. I cannot be praying my tithes. I cannot be doing your word and yet I'm falling sick. Like, so exactly. what are we doing? There are times whereby, like, I'll be like, so what, are, what is all this about? All this, do my word. If you believe in my scriptures, you can make up. So what is it? I've been doing everything you've asked us to do. I pray, I go to church, I pay my tithes, I do it up. Like, so, so there are times where I don't want to hear it. Like, there are times where I tell my mom, when she wants to start praying, where joy, 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 joy. Like, there are times where I pray and I'm still here. So, if God is listening, why am I here? So, there are times where you get to the, you get that desperate and be like, I don't want to hear it, I beg, I beg. So, it is really a very dark moment. Like, but we thank God. Like, you just have to snap out. Tony, do you want to share? Uh, okay. Uh, well, in my own, I started with anger, Sha, because me, I was angry at God for a long time. And for, <laughs> <laughs> for someone that came from a background of being a quote-unquote church girl, I actually got mm-hmm. to the point where I stopped believing God. And the interesting part is that on the outside, I still mm-hmm. look like, oh, the Lord, you know, praise the Lord, somebody. But, <laughs> <laughs> but deep down, yeah, I was completely like... I was not even interested in talking to mm-hmm. God about anything. I just felt like, and mm-hmm. I think that for my own, actually, it's, I got into depression at some point. It wasn't just, you know, if it was just the situation, if it was just, uh, this is how I feel, I can talk myself out of it. But I think somewhere mm-hmm. along the line, I really became depressed, which was mm-hmm. where the real battle now started. And so yeah. I just lost touch with, um, Shawa can testify that I lost a lot of touch with a lot of things I used to do before. I literally, I got to a point last year where I wasn't picking anybody's calls. And yeah, it was a different thing by the time it was last year. But basically, um, I got to that point. And to be honest with you, when you get to the point of depression, you don't really Mm -hmm. do anything. I'm not going to stand here and tell you I did anything, to be honest. Mm. You, when it comes to a level of depression, you just let things happen. And I was in that mm-hmm. place for a long time where I just let things happen. I think maybe the first mm-hmm. intentional decision I took was that I quit my job. So when I quit my mm-hmm. job, I had less Aww. pressure. I had less pressure from work. Yeah. And then my head 
was a bit because I was all I woke up every day with a lot of confusion, a lot of you know rush of thoughts in my head, and I would mm. be sad and I can't really put it into words what those no. months were like. But I think that I I let it happen for a while. I just allowed you know all the feelings and the emotions to just take their toll as I tried to find. I got to a point where I didn't really feel like there was meaning to my life. That's why I said the moment I slid into this depression, that now became the real battle where I was like, it wasn't like I was, it wasn't like I wanted to kill myself. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I was tired of living too. Like I, I just became exhausted. Everything was exhausting. Getting out yeah. of bed was exhausting. Talking to people was exhausting. Going out was exhausting. I just wanted to be left alone. And mm-hmm. um, I think that what, what has worked for me was, eventually i sort of i feel like sometimes these seasons they're also in phases and if you can just survive mm-hmm. you can survive a part of it you get to mm-hmm. the place where there's light. i think that that's what happened to me i think that i survived some of the darkest parts of it of course i did some things for myself i tried to present myself in places where i knew that i would hear something encouraging so i would go for a program do you get i'll go mm-hmm. for a program or i'll talk to someone that i knew could give me some encouragement at that time now the thing was that those encouragements they were not sustainable at first do you get like i'll be encouraged for two days then i'll Mm. slide back again into this nonsense despair kind of place Mm. and then that kept on Mm. happening so i kept going up and down up and down up and down until finally i think one day and i just think that that's the god factor inside all this thing is that one day i just woke up and that's just one day i just woke up i just woke up and for me I just woke up and laid hands on myself and said no I'm not going to live under this burden of pain that I don't even Mm. know where it's coming from again but that was after passing through that was after allowing myself to pass through the season up and down up and down some days if I when I quit my job some days I'll just be at home for one week straight I won't step out of the house everybody was worried about me you know like something is wrong with this person she's not she's almost becoming a shadow of herself you know so I think that for me it wasn't really something I did I think it was just I just sort of survived the, the season and then God I just got to the point of strength to be able to say, you know what, this is over. We are, we have tried. We have done what you know, we have tried here. We have tried here. It's now time to move forward with our lives, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how it happened for me. Mm. Like literally, sometimes you just survive it. That's that's such a word. Like sometimes it's not the it's not it's not the going to the Bible or the like. Sometimes you are just going to literally just have to live through it and then yeah. just yeah. just hope. Just hope that you know somehow that some day you like, get out on the other like, side. Yeah, like so, sometimes like it's okay for people to realize that if you're surviving it, you're doing good. Like you're still doing good all the same. Genius. Mm-hmm. 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 That's not a word. That's actually such a word. Then um, I was going to ask like sometimes when we're going through this season, how do you? It's one thing for you to be going through it. It's another thing for you to be able to communicate it with people to people around you, or for you to have people to understand. <laughs> that was even another level. Because, you know <laughs> because there are times that you can't explain it or you feel like in your heart you feel like if i explain it can you get 
change you as a cool self example can you get like can you understand it like so what do i want to explain like do you understand so how do you handle that period where like there's either maybe pressure from friends maybe you are you are not reaching out to people as much like tony was saying or like you you don't want to share like like maybe for when more she didn't want to share with everybody or all of her friends that oh, my mom has um, cancer or something you know how do you handle that period because it's one thing to even be going through this stuff it's another thing for you to communicate it right for the people that you love the most at least so how do you handle that tony maybe you go for it first okay well i think that for me honestly i just i used to mentally figure out who who will understand me in this situation based on my knowledge of people so that's that's usually what i do so it wasn't like for instance i think i was still talking to my friends they were probably the only ones i was but i wasn't even able to really put it into words to mm. my parents and to my family my my parents just felt like oh she was in a career crisis you know like oh, she's just it's normal everybody gets to that point where they are confused about what they want to do with their life so everybody thought that was just it but you know i was the only one that knew that i was also having like symptoms of like depressive symptoms and they were mm-hmm. kind of getting worse and worse so um i think that i stuck with the people i felt would understand me which were mm-hmm. not very many at all I just mm-hmm. sort of stuck with them and, and I avoided everybody else basically. And then another thing, um, another thing that I did was to also, um, well, I didn't even talk to God. So it wasn't like I was really talking. <laughs> it wasn't like I was just talking to God. Basically I was just, I was just, um, I, I trust people that understood me. There was something else that, yes. So I couldn't tell my family because I was scared that they would be worried. Mm. and that you know how do i in this world where you know we're hearing about suicide every day if i tell them that i'm having depressive symptoms they'll probably flip out and tony's parents and... are doctors by the way you guys <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i knew i knew that my family would start freaking out like ah you know so that was one of the reasons that mm-hmm. i did not tell them i did not tell them at all i just picked out people that i knew understood and then I talked to them and it was, it was fine. The truth is that at some levels of depression, you actually don't care like who you are telling now. You are not some days. You just don't want to even talk to anybody. Even the people that you think will understand, you just don't want mm-hmm. to. But the only thing I can say is you appreciate the people that stick around mm. and like disturb you, disturb you, stay on your case. Maybe not disturb you, but they stay on your case. They let you know that I see you, even though I don't understand what you're going through, which was, mm-hmm. I had one or two like that and that helped so i would say that for other people it, it helps to at least tell one or two people i mean if nobody knows then nobody can help you mm. and sometimes sometimes a lot of times there's something that person can say they may not be able to bring you out of like everything but there's something that, that they can say that gets you through today right um, there's something another person would say that will get you through next week chicken and the yeah. clues the clues are just with different people so it's also important like like not to just shut down completely so i didn't sh- i know i didn't shut down completely but i shut down from a lot of people that i normally would have told there's still some of my friends that are just telling me this year that i knew something was wrong i knew something wrong. i was like well i don't think i'll have told you if you asked me anyway you know uh-huh. so that's it from my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Right, 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 right. Um, Bima, do you want to say something about like how you handle like communicating with people or pressure from people? Well, I always feel like mm-hmm. like you did. Mm-hmm. Most friends or most friends I have or most people mm-hmm. in my corner, 
they do not even know I have sickle cell, really. And I feel like it has worked for it has worked for me like that over the years because I do, I don't do well mm. mm-hmm. negative energy mm-hmm. or being pitied, right? So I I don't do well with such energy. So when people start saying, "Are you serious?" Ah, <laughs> see, I'm not be like, okay, mm-hmm. what, what happened?" <laughs> like, so I have just like I think the only people that really like really talk to. It's just like I, I feel like my number mm. one support, the person that understands me the most is my mom. Like once I once she even sees me, right, she'll be like, ah, hey, you are looking sickly already, or you are going to be falling sick. Mm. Your face looks sick. like she gets it, she understands it. Like it's so bad. Okay, like okay, like okay, let me use my husband as an example. He's my mm-hmm. husband, but I'm so of the opinion that he doesn't understand it. Like there are times whereby I'm having crisis, like it's pants for like a week. And I'm in the hospital and be like, ah, has it not gone? Mm-hmm. And I'll be getting agitated, like, am I the one concerned mm-hmm. me? Like, those don't come and annoy me here. Yeah. Do you understand? And I'm sure it's not coming from me, deliberate mm-hmm. act from him too, but because he just doesn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you are not working in these shoes, you probably do, will not get it. You need to have lived with somebody that mm-hmm. has it, or you need to really understand it for you to get it. So I, so I cannot imagine now calling a friend and be like, ah, I so... I don't do it. I don't say I don't do pity party too much. I'm not a fan. I don't even need anybody to know. And I really want to be able to live my life not being mindful of you can't do this, you can't do that. So I've I've really not like my even my best friend, I don't even think she knows I'm sickle cell. She knows I fall ill often, but we have never had that discussion before. I've never had to sit her down and be like, Do you mm-hmm. know? Maybe she knows and she's not just talking about it because I will not even give you room. To want mm-hmm. to discuss, uh, so how do you feel? Blah blah blah. So I think what works for me is just when I need to talk and I feel a certain way, I call my mom, I call my siblings, I talk to my husband, and I'm fine, really. And I think that has worked for me over the years. And and I think the only person that knows outside the family is actually my boss. And I feel like it was it was easy for me mm-hmm. to talk to her because she also has a daughter that is sickle cell. As in, they had like a career of a sickle cell. So she actually spoke to me about her daughter. Like, yeah. so it was easy. It was a relaxing um, setting to actually talk to her too about. Okay, I also have this. So, so I think it's. I don't know. So I think that's the only person I've been able to talk mm-hmm. to, and I feel it's because I feel she's a mother. She has a child that also has the disease, so she understands it. So even so. And at times I feel weird at times around her because at times I'm at work <laughs> and I'm doing. I should be like, "You are doing too much. Go and sit down." Go and sit down, and and that and that is exactly what I don't want, you know. But hey, it is what it is. So I don't. So really, I don't do well talking to friends about what I go through. It has always been. It has never worked for me. It has never been what I enjoy. Instead, I um I have different groups I follow, in terms of mm-hmm. sickle cell groups that I rather write a comment or mm-hmm. say something and they are responding to me like people that understand mm-hmm. this. So I think it's easier when you're in the right. middle of people that get you. That understand that are working in that same shoes, you get to learn a lot from them. They get to tell you what you can do All to right. your so literally, better. Like, what so you are I doing is that, you have to find the support yeah. that works for you at that moment. And yeah. then you start something which is very profound. There are times that even the people that love you, it's not that they are, they don't want to understand, but there are times when some things might happen and you are not getting the the maybe the right words that you would have expected from them, or you are not getting the right reaction from them. Yeah. You know, at times you just need them to empathize with you or pacify you. And 
you are you can see it, yeah. you can see it in their yeah. face that they are getting frustrated with what you are going through and i'll be like <laughs> i am the one going through the pain why are you the one frustrated like so you cannot imagine if your spouse at times gets like i need you to be fine can you just leave me alone? like yeah like just just let me walk in this space so you, so you cannot imagine a friend that doesn't yeah. get it i just want what to put a word here that you know, know it's sometimes when those yeah, things happen okay. sometimes we need to also like give them benefit of how i put it like forgive forgive that moment sometimes when it happens because i know that there's a yeah. scene i went through recently and i it almost was as if i literally had yeah. a fight with the person because i'm like no you don't tell me that what i'm going through this easy right now you don't make it about <laughs> you you understand and then most times yeah. we just have to remember that at the core of it if we truly trust these people and we feel that these people are in our lives for a reason it's it's sometimes from a place of love it's sometimes from a place of i just want you to be fine they might not be expressing it right, but you know, and then learning as well to communicate what you expect, I think is also very key. Like if you feel like, okay, this person, I want you, you should be part of the people in the circle that are supporting me. And if you feel that the person is not giving you the kind of support that you need, being able to communicate it right and letting them know that, okay, this is how I expect you to be able to support me during this period. I think it's worth yeah. learning, learning, learning to know how yeah. to communicate your needs when you are going through those seasons, because it's also very important. Because sometimes if you're on the other side, if you're the friend or you're the husband or you're the person on the other side and the person is telling you that you're making me feel certain way, sometimes it hurts the other person as well. That I'm just trying to love you. I'm just trying to be there. Like, yeah. you understand. So it's like a friend telling me that, mm-hmm. please, I, I just need space. I wish I, you could, you would have understood it from the beginning that it was space I needed. And the person is just thinking, ah. And I was just trying to just, um, <laughs> you know, being able to communicate, communicate your needs is so important in any relationship you have. Communicating your needs, being able to say exactly how you feel. If you're in a relationship or in a friendship that like you can't say, this is exactly how I feel. This is what I need from you. And you need to reevaluate it. That's the honest truth. When, what do you have anything you want to say? Well, no, I think my answer would have been similar to be my mm-hmm. like, um obviously i don't like fitting parties and i just if i'm going through something i just probably keep it to myself and go through the motions mm. but then when when do we get to the place because that's that's a good place for a question because when do we not get to the place where we let our we let other people carry our burdens or we let other people because you know there are times when you can't even pray for yourself and like for example when tony was talking about the fact that you just got up one day and fine it's not like we can go and gauge or say okay who was praying at that moment or not it might have been a mom that been praying yeah. all the while and then something just broke for that day like if we don't share sometimes are we are we depriving ourselves of um a quick how i put it breakthrough from that season when we are constantly trying to i just keep it to myself we understand the fact that we are just guarding our energies right but like guarding your space guarding the things you think about and then that thin line as well between i'm just keeping it to myself because the devil likes to also work in isolation let's be honest like if you if you the devil knows how to help you build mansion there and then there's also that place of being able to find somebody that you can share with that can pray when you can't pray that can speak word for you when you can't speak so how yeah. do we discern like that that thin line that thin line between I'm just keeping it to myself and it has already turned to isolation you don't know 
and that thing line of reaching out to people that please me, help me <laughs> like how do we how do we know that thing line how do we pass through that thing line tony do you want to go for it okay well i think that um this is actually where your circle before the storm mm-hmm. matters mm. Um, because I think that, that that has really saved me. I, I'm one of those people that I probably take, you know, friendship things for granted because, like, I have fantastic friends and, like, I have... So, me, I can't even really relate when people are saying, oh, their friends are this. And I think that, for me, that's a blind spot, actually. But I feel like, yeah, the circle that you create on a daily basis is actually... It, it becomes key, like, in this storm. Mm. Now, okay, I have... To make it easy, I have like four friends. Then I, I also know the things I can tell my mom that <laughs> that I'll give the reaction mm-hmm. to get. I, I know the things I can tell my my parents. I know the things I can tell my so like one of my siblings was very supportive, like all through because he had while he did not understand the emotional part, he had also changed careers mm-hmm. in a similar mm-hmm. way. So he was able to help me navigate that part, and he was really patient. He was like, "I get it. It takes time." for you to finally figure out. So that one, that helped. I guess I just got lucky, <laughs> guys, really, <laughs> for that one. And then, okay, my friends have always been a support system. Mm-hmm. My friends have always been kind of people that will, that will pray with you and all of that. So for me, it wasn't really hard. But even out of the four of them, I think the person I spoke to in the most open mm-hmm. way, I think was still maybe Shewa. And then maybe I just, I graded it based on how available they were or how much I felt they would understand Aww. and all of that. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but in, the, mm-hmm. in a general sense, I knew that, <laughs> I mean, they were there for me. And then, of course, I have a mentor who, even that period, I was not even talking to her. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's a pastor and she knew. Mm-hmm. She just, she would send me messages. I think that mm-hmm. those things actually help. Like sometimes when mm-hmm. you know we, we, mentors having mentors can be stressful sometimes you know it can be stressful mm-hmm. in the sense that you don't know what to do that will make them angry you don't know you know there are too many you know there's plenty <laughs> rules about having mentors and stuff but I think that mm-hmm. it has worked well for me in the sense that I knew that people were praying for me even people like for instance my parents I knew they were praying for me they didn't understand what was going on Jigget. then I knew mm-hmm. that my friends were praying for me and I knew that my mentor was praying for me i'm sure that she prayed she almost prayed more that i cannot gauge but i feel like she prayed more than everybody else <laughs> you know <laughs> and so those mm-hmm. are also the advantages of understanding the importance of some particular relationship and that you know right from the beginning right from the get-go to actually really ask god to help us pick our friends like from the beginning whether there's a problem or not it's important to let god help us pick our friends these friends too including this shower we could have stopped being friends at many points <laughs> like we, we fought so many times it was horrible but in the end they have still become like this strong very strong support system so it was like god knowing that we would need one another so he just found a way to ensure that you know we do not scatter and everybody go go there you know day their day and be on their lane you know so i think that that's important i think that being being discerning about friendships, even when nothing is happening, you're just meeting someone for the first time and you're just letting God say, this person, how far? So that when you need people like in the storm, they are actually mm. there. And it's not like, it's not in the storm that you now realize that you're actually really alone, even though you have friends. Mm. That's it. For me. Right. 
right 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 okay i need to we need to wrap it up because it goes off in next one in um, one hour so basically first and foremost let me tell you people thank you thank you thank you thank you for sharing this because i know that like bima was saying that she doesn't even talk about this with people so i do not like i'm i do not take this for granted at all that you guys could share like deepest parts of your heart i'm so grateful that you guys came on and you guys are able to like share these stories and share like your experiences and all of that so God bless you. God bless you. God bless you for doing this for, for the kingdom. <laughs> for doing this for the kingdom. For the kingdom. Anyway, so just before before we round up, maybe just your final words. What one thing that you know maybe is on your heart for you to share to encourage people going through different whatever season they are going through, whatever situation. Like one thing that you know that has helped you and that you feel that you want to tell people. One thing. Be my start. <laughs> whoop whoop. You have been nominated. <laughs> you go there. Uh, what kind of Just be positive minded, really. Just believe in God's word and be positive minded. That is one thing that has worked for me. I just mm-hmm. always believe that God always has mm-hmm. um, a purpose for everybody's life, regardless of whatever you're going through. And if you believe in God's words, like he's, he will always come through, no matter how bad or bad it might seem. And always try and put yourself or your head in a positive light. Like just always do All things right, positively you. and Tony, deliberate. Okay, from the, the career aspect, the one I can really talk about, yeah. and it was realizing mm-hmm. that this was my journey to take and this was my decision to make. And yeah. I got to a point where I'm surrounded by very well-meaning people, but I got to a point where I shut everybody out because I realized that this is my life. My parents are both doctors, mm. so you can only imagine how they feel that I don't want to be a doctor anymore. <laughs> you know, but in yeah. that, I got to a point where I decided this is my life. Every decision from here henceforth is mine to make. And it has helped me literally grow it has brought me to a place of comfort so that that's one thing that i can share and say you will get to a point where you have to determine that this is my life and i am the one that has to make the decisions that will carry me forward not anybody else so all right thank you that's so profound um when more whims whims <laughs> well i think what um i think the only thing that has worked for me is I think about a time when God has been good to me. Like, obviously, God has showed up for each other in different ways. And I'm like, see, if you helped me that time, there's nothing too big that you can't do, you know? Um, And a very clear example was just when my mom had cancer and it was really bad, right? There was a time she was driving and she she lost her brakes, right? It was a bad accident. Seven cars rammed into each other. But I'm like, see, she didn't die. If that car did not kill her, it's not this one that will kill her. So I'm like, right. see, I leave it to you. Like, when I think about a good time that God has been to me, I'm like, this one is not so hard. He will handle too, you know. It may just be long, right. but it will work. So good. So good. Okay, I think, like, what if I'm going to round up, like, everything that you guys have said is own your season. Like, own it with your chest. Own your season, whatever you're going through. Like, don't don't try to push it away from yourself that it's not going, it's not happening. It's happening. It's so only accept it. Accept it. And then you know, being also being able to get to that place where you truly believe that God is good 
regardless of whatever it is. And there was something I wrote in my journal before this um, podcast, and I was saying it was the fact that you, you can ask God to show you a side of him that relates to the situation you are going through. Like God is multidimensional. And you, it, it's possible for you to be going through a season where it's like, okay, your heart is breaking. And you can ask God to be like Jehovah Rapha, the healer, to, to be like, it can be all of that. It can be like, if you're going through any specific season, ask mm-hmm. God to show you that part or part of God that you can relate with. And then look for scriptures or look for things that encourage you. Then challenge yourself as well. Like Bima was saying that time, like to think positively, to believe positive outcomes, to just constantly encourage yourself and like try as much as possible when you don't feel like worshiping, maybe sometimes just do it. Do it and just do it, even if it doesn't feel as if you are hitting anything. Just do it. And I'm so grateful. I'm so, so, so grateful for you guys coming. Thank you for coming. I love you. Love you. Love you. Love, love you. you. Keep your faith. Keep your faith. Keep your faith. Keep your faith. Guard your space. Love you guys. Bye. Love you. Bye. 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 <laughs>